Good afternoon, everyone. Time for our one o'clock uh, second gathering of the day. Actually, third, but second worship. Uh, first song tonight's gonna, this afternoon is going to be four, uh, 408, Low in the Grave He Lay. JB has the uh, reading and the prayer, and Sai has the closing uh, prayer. David will be delivering the message again uh, this afternoon. Let's stand while we sing uh, Low in the Grave He Lay. <clears throat> Low in the Next song being number 627. 627. <clears throat> Seen all three verses of this song. The Glory Land Way. Amen. 
This afternoon's scripture reading comes from Galatians 3 and 27. Galatians 3 and 27. Let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this day and this hour that you have blessed us with to come together, hear another lesson from your word this afternoon. Father, we ask that you let us open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear it and apply it to our lives so that we may better serve thee. Father, there have been several that are mentioned that are sick or in need, and Father, we ask that you bless each of them. Father, we ask that you be with the mission trip. Watch over it and bless them and keep them safe and let them do your will, Father, so some can be added to your church. Father, and thank you for Jesus and the love and the sacrifice that he made for each of us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Song of Invitation is 163, 163. And the song for lesson will be number 732. So if you'll please stand again, sing 732. Good afternoon, church family. I'm going to throw a couple of verses at you. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, 6 through 7, it says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word of much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers. Also, 1 Peter 2.21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. 
I mean, I could sit there and go on and on. There's hundreds, there's thousands of scriptures that are in the Bible about how we're supposed to be examples. And I know we don't have time this evening or this afternoon to do that. First, because I know we just got finished eating, we're all tired, and I ate a lot, and I can't breathe. <laughs> it's hard to, when you eat that much desserts. I didn't eat my greens, but I ate a lot of desserts. But uh, it's so hard to get up here and do that. But, um, but it gives examples and examples of the Bible on how we're supposed to be like Christ-like, on how we're supposed to walk in his footsteps. You know and I know that Jesus is the Son of God. We know that he did all kinds of miracles. We know he did all kinds of miraculous things. But you and I know that we can't do those things. But Christ tells us to follow him, to be an example, and to deliver his message. So that way others will see Christ in you. That way others will see Christ in us. If you, if you have your Bibles, open them to John chapter 9. And this is the, John chapter 9 is kind of what I want to go through really quickly. Because I know it's a story that we're all familiar with. It's a story we've all heard. It's a story we've all grown up listening to. And I'm sure it's been preached from the pulpit many, many times. But I want us to look here at John chapter 9, and it's about the man born blind and he receives his sight. And I'm not going to go into very much detail about this particular story, but we do read that it is a male. That he is an adult. And we read that he was born blind. And it's a story where the disciples ask Jesus... Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins? Was it because of his parents' sins? Or maybe it was because of something else? And Jesus says, none. Neither. This man's blindness is for the glory of God. So that way God's glory can be demonstrated. So Jesus tells him to go wash his face in the pool. And we see in verse 6, the man obeys and does exactly what Jesus says to do. This shows obedience. And by this man doing this, he is able to see. And this causes an uproar with the Pharisees, the enemies of Jesus, and the Pharisees, they go to the, to, the, to the man's parents. We see in verse 18. And the parents want nothing to do with them. Nothing to do with him, the Pharisees at all. Because they were frightened of the Pharisees. They were scared of them. Because they were afraid that they would lose their place in the synagogue. And we see in verse 22. So the parents say... Go to the man yourself. He's of age. 
Ask him. But this is what catches my eye. They go to the parents, and the text clearly calls him a man. Verse 21 and 23 says, The parents say, The man is of age. Ask him yourself. One thing the Pharisees are verifying is that this was a man and that he was blind. Maybe they judged him the way he looked or maybe they're judging him on his age. We're not really sure. But the man says, you can argue all you want on who this Jesus is. You can point fingers all you want. You can cast blame all you want. He says, but I'm not really qualified to do that. I don't have the education in scriptures like you do. Whether this man, Jesus, is a sinner or not. I don't know. He says, I don't know what to tell you. But what I do know is that I was blind and now I see. And there's no disputing that. I've never been able to see my entire life. But now I can see. But what I can tell you, there is something about this man that makes a difference. There is something about this man that is genuine. There is something about this man that is authentic. And he's saying, I am living proof of that. Let me bring this a little closer home. I don't know if you know this, but one of my favorite verses in the Bible is 1 Timothy. It's one of my favorite verses, and it's a verse that we're all familiar with. And every year, I do a lesson on 1 Timothy for our seniors who graduate. Which is really strange, because this year we don't have... We don't have any seniors graduating. And it feels kind of weird not being able to do a lesson on 1 Timothy. But the Apostle Paul writes a letter to his friend Timothy and he says, Don't let anyone look down on our youth because they are young. Let's talk a little bit about that passage for a moment. Let's talk about what God wants to do in your life. Because I'm sure Satan wants to discourage you. Satan wants you to think that you are too young. Satan wants you to think that maybe you're too old. Or maybe that you don't have the education. Or maybe you do have the education, but you don't relate to a certain particular group. Or maybe Satan wants you to think that you have too much baggage. 
or you focus too much on your failures. And Satan wants you to think that there's no hope for you. And there's no way that you can change. No, it would be nice if we could turn back the hands of time, wouldn't it? To change all our past mistakes. But you and I can say that sometimes our sins and our life, sometimes we can say that they cripple us. They paralyze us. And Satan wants to convince us maybe that there's a lot more reasons that you're sensitive to. But Paul here, he says, you know what? Don't let them. Don't let them do that to you. Don't let them distort the message. Don't let them discourage you. Our youth here, I want to talk to them for a minute. Paul says, let me tell you something. Even in the eyes of some, some will say that you're not qualified. Paul says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to set an example. Set an example. I want you to set an example in believers and speak. Believers in conduct and love and faith and purity. I want you to share God with others. Let me tell you a little bit about our youth here at Rome. This has to do with our young people. It has to start with getting our children involved. Getting our kids involved in vacation Bible school. Getting our kids involved in men's retreats. Getting our kids involved in the middle school and high school devotionals. Children's worship. The list goes on and on, but it starts with you as a parent getting our kids involved with the youth group. Get them involved. We have some wonderful young and women in our youth group. And it has been such a privilege and an honor to work with them. One of my greatest joy of being a youth minister here is watching our kids grow. Watching them grow as Christians. Watching them grow spiritually. When they grow, I grow. When they get excited, I'm excited. When they are encouraged, I'm encouraged. 
We have so many talented kids here at Rome. I mean, if we had time, I could tell you example of example of every single one of our kids here at Rome. But we don't have time for that. By the way they talk, by the way they act, by the way they demonstrate God's love, their concern for one another, how they show their faith. We are so very blessed here at Rome. I'm going to close with one more example. And uh, Blake has been encouragement to me. I'm going to brag on my son for a minute. Before every baseball game, when he's about to pitch, he walks up to the mound. This is one of my favorite pictures I have on my phone. But he walks up to the mound, takes his cap off, reads a scripture that he wrote in his hat to give him encouragement of God's word. He even, he even wrote, play for Rusty in his hat. But he takes his hat off, reads the scripture, and he bows his head to pray on the mound. Out of the years he's been doing that, this is his third year playing baseball. He's only encouraged one other kid to come up to the mound. I'm encouraged that he's encouraged one. Hopefully his senior year he'll be able to encourage more. But what an example. And to see that, him do that, such a blessing to me. It convicts me. Our young people set an example. Watch them. Watch their mannerisms. God wants us to realize that you are the message. And it's the way you live. It's the way you communicate your values to others. You know, they say a picture is worth more than a thousand words. But a book is worth Volumes, and then some. So this evening, may I challenge you, this week, be an example on how you act, the decisions that you make. May God make those decisions for you. Let him guide you. Let his word guide you. May you see his power. May you see his grace. And realize what a privilege it is to serve the one and only true God. Maybe this evening you've struggled in setting that example 
and you need the help of the church, we're more than happy to pray for you. Or maybe you've seen so many other examples come forward and want to be baptized and put Christ on because you want him to be your friend, as we talked about this morning. There's no friend like him. Why don't you make that decision as we stand and sing? Unless there is nothing else. The announcements are the same as they were this morning, and I think pretty much everyone was here this morning. Okay? Okay. David will do the Lord's Supper if uh, you didn't have the opportunity. Um, our closing song is what, 163? 664. That was close. 664.
first and last verses of There Stands a Rock on Shores of Time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day that you've allowed us to come, to come together here to worship you, to stay from your word. Lord, we pray that everything that has been said and done here today has been in accordance with your word and pleasing unto you. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings you've given us. We know that the greatest blessing of all is your son, that you were willing to send to this earth to live, suffer, die, and rise again, all for us. Lord, we thank you for his sacrifice and, and the lessons and the word that he brought with him. Lord, we pray that you'll be with all of us as we leave here. Lord, keep us safe and always watch over us. Lord, we pray that you'll be with all those that are traveling this weekend. Be with them, keep them safe. Lord, we also thank you for those that have been in the military and that have given that ultimate sacrifice for this country to give us the freedoms that we have. Lord, we know that we may not be able to gather here like we are if it weren't for them. Lord, we, again, we ask you to be with us and forgive us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. <laughs>